Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Behind the Host podcast, the podcast where you can learn from other hospitality owners from across the world and how their businesses thrive. So you can pick up tips, tactics, and some of the training that you can implement into your own business. So today I'm really excited because we're, uh, we're joined by Tim Mortimer uh, from B&B Made Easy, and uh, he's coming from Australia. So all the way from the other side of the world. So Welcome along, Tim. G'day, Liam. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. So normally I give a great big introduction and uh, Tim needs no introduction at all. He's a hospitable host. He's a best-selling author. He's got over, uh, well, he's got 118 units in Australia. But what I'm going to do is not steal too much funder from here. I'm going to let him introduce himself and his business and uh, tell us a bit about yourself then, Tim. Yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me. I, yeah, us hospitable hosts, we've all uh, got our own little sort of community going on and really enjoy crossing paths from time to time. So, you know, when I got this opportunity to speak, I jumped at it. So thank you very much. I'm Tim Mortimer. I'm in uh, Orange in New South Wales uh, in Australia. Orange is a town um, about four hours drive west of Sydney. So in the middle of the lockdowns, we... Although it hurt for some periods, uh, it, we also had periods of intense travel where, um, you know, Australia's borders were closed, even state borders were closed, and we got a lot of Sydney signers come in. So luckily for us, we had, oh, I had started the business um, a couple of years earlier and then had gained the knowledge and, were re and was ready to grow and handle the workload. So we actually thrived during that COVID sort of between lockdown time in Australia. And could, yeah, love, love the industry and just continuing to, to thrive and learn as much as I can and, and obviously pass on as much as I can as well. Cause I think we can all help each other out here. And uh, Tim, I think you're being modest there. You're a superstar when it comes down to the, how quick your business is, has grown. And just for, what, what did you do? Take us back to before you got into the business, what was your career and how did you how did you get into this? How did you spot the opportunity? Yeah, so I grew up, I grew up in this town in, in Orange. It's a food and wine region and there's a few other industries. So it's, it's always been kind of growing and thriving. So a lot of opportunities, let's put it that way. Similar, similar to you, I, I was um, struggling to, not struggling, but looking after, trying to look after my family and, and you know, do as much as I could look for opportunities. And you know, I was a school teacher, a PE teacher, um, you know, which, which was good. I enjoyed the role. I um, had to take up a, a second job in a boarding school, uh, you know, looking after the kids uh, who, were, who were doing a, you know, overnight care and things like that. So working very long hours. And, and then the, the, a lot of the farmers around the town, they send their kids in and got talking to the families and then and learned that Orange, and I knew this anyway, but Orange has a lot of homes that, that just sit empty when when those uh, farmers or boarders parents come to visit they use it for that. that that's their investment in their sort of holiday home or you know their place to see their kids so being like globe moment i thought geez uh, you know and i was this is how i think as well so i finally thought of an idea that, that might have a bit of traction and um haven't stopped thinking about it since i reached out on a facebook page again during during a shift when there wasn't much going on just started thinking about a business idea around short-term property management in our town. Didn't take long to realize these things are, exist all around the world. You know, I was quite sheltered in Orange, but luckily reached out on a Facebook group and a lady by the name of Julie George responded to me. Uh, we had half, a, half an hour conversation and uh, it, that was all the inspiration I need to, to get to where we are today, which is pretty much three and a half years 
quit my teaching job and managing yeah, close to 120 properties now. We're talking houses, not units. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's been a very quick change, but it's very exciting as well, which I love. I love that as well. There, You mentioned Julie George, and if anybody's listening or watching and doesn't know who Julie George is, just uh, type in $1 million host, and uh, she has had a fantastic story she's got her own book hasn't she she's also in hospitable host yeah exactly we'll keep plugging the book but yeah she is an amazing host and short-term rental thought leader really isn't she in the industry so yeah that's amazing to hear and you've gone from uh you know sort of you spotted that opportunity you've then you know sort of realized that there's some empty homes in the area you've you've reached out to somebody who's kind of walked that path before and, and got some advice how did you get your first one? What was the first one or first few? Talk us through how you done that. Yeah, so naturally it was a it was a slow start. There was a big learning curve to, uh, to be done. Off the advice of Julie, I went and got my real estate license um, before even starting the business because uh, that was my commitment to then moving forward. I was quite lucky. My parents owned a vineyard in town and they had a couple of apartments on it. Uh, Mum was only on Booking dot com, so you know, it, oh, that was my sort of. Uh, I piggybacked off that a little bit to learn whilst doing a lot of nighttime research and, and a bit, you know, podcasts and things like this, just, just to gain some knowledge. And I knew that it wouldn't take long before I was, before I could become a bit of a market expert in, in the area because no one was doing it before. And um, then, then, I, then once I was that, I could then offer the service of helping other people out because I would have more knowledge. So I did about nine months and then I remember I saw a house for sale and I thought, Jesus would be amazing. Uh, it'd be a bit of luck as well. I called up the owner, found you know, Orange is a small community, so I found out who the owner was, gave them a call. It, it was a cold call. I remember exactly where it was, what road it was. I pulled over the car and was nervous. I was so nervous. Anyway, uh, and they had heard of the idea, Airbnb idea before, and um, yeah, there, there was my first property, and, and it performed extremely well. Uh, and without even that business name yet, I we, um, I had two or three other people in town call me up from word of mouth that this was happening, established the business name. And so that had taken a full year. Uh, I was teaching at the same time. Then I was like, oh, this is actually working. Let's give it a bit more. Let's see how we can go. And then within the next year, I got up to 24 properties and that, and I had a part-time employee helping me out. But, you know, yeah, made the decision mid that year that I'm really going to, I'm going to step off teaching here and, and, and give this a go. Yeah. So the, you know, the following year, we'd say we got up to 60 or something. COVID hit straight away when I hit, stepped off teaching as well. So that was a bit scary. That's, that's but, um, amazing. That, that just, you're just, just saying about those steps there. So you've gone from like four for a short period of time and then you've suddenly gone up to 24 and then you've gone up, to, you, you've jumped up again to, to 60, obviously. And how did you feel, obviously, switching away from teaching? And you mentioned, obviously, you're doing this for your family. What, what was the, the emotions like at the time and, uh, you know, just, just making that switch? Yeah, I think um, I'd never th stopped thinking about the idea since I thought of it and Julie George inspired me and, and I gained more knowledge and, and knew it was going to work. So I was, I was quite confident that it was going to work, which is good. Um, I thought I'm 30, I was 33 or something at the time. And if, if I'm going to do something, it's, if I'm going to try something, it's now. So I, I, and I paid for my real estate course. This is off of, off a couple of thousand dollars. This whole business was created as well. Um, so it was a financial commitment. As I mentioned, that we, we, you know, we, we were, we had a lot to pay for. So there wasn't too much spare cash around, but, um, again, all of those things contributed to really backing myself and the idea. 
Um, and yeah, it had to work because I had a family to support. So I was working long, long days and, 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 um, but yeah, I'll never regret it because I'm in, I'm in such a much better place right now. And, but I, and I knew that if I dug down and, and got to that sort of point that I would emerge in a pretty cool place and that's exactly where I am now. It's, it's really, it's really good. That's amazing. They say when you've got a strong enough why, the how becomes the how becomes clear, doesn't it? So um, yeah, you make it. Yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly how it works for me. And um, yeah, and then obviously I learned didn't know much about business before, so there was a lot of lot of things I had to learn. I built my own first website, and it took me two months, I think, and and it was it wasn't good at all. But you know, you, you've got to you've got to get in there and. and do those little steps in order to emerge, um, you know, in, in a better place where they can eventually pay someone like That's Mark cool. to do a website for you. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, when it comes down to the scaling, let's talk about your great past to ask scale questions too, because you've gone from, you know, a few properties and then jumped up in these, you know, sort of blocks of, of, of properties. What would you say was the success? What allowed you to do that scale? Up by the number of properties because there'll be people listening at the moment who goes well do you know what I'm, I'm i'm struggling with one property or three properties or six properties what what is the mindset that you need to have to scale and what advice would you have around uh, scaling in general yeah a great question because it's so complex as well i'll, I'll just try my best but um definitely um a, a growth mindset from the start um, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, if you've got a growth mindset, you'll be thinking the next step all the time and how to develop yourself and all of that. So, you know, we, all, everyone we hire in our, in our business now, we're looking for things like that. Something I learned early, early and I did a bit of research on it is, um, and because of our well, hospitality, but also the course of a guest coming in or the communication, a guest coming in, the communication again, then the cleaning business we've created our own cleaning business in house as well so that's um that's been a great factor during covid but it's also mean meant a lot of work and um it's also a really good protective factor if anything else happens we've got that in house so we can control that but everything it comes down to the systems that you create and writing it down um so you don't have to rethink every time something happens again if you can have a procedure for it then you can hand it off to someone else who can do the same job or a similar job and you can monitor them so that's something if you, if you say you have a couple of properties or even one property looking to grow um really start writing things down uh, how you do things and try and when once you start getting people to help you don't do it for them teach them to do that and what and i've got on to a point where i've got probably 12 staff and they're all thinking that way that when something when he has to do something more than once let's write it down make a procedure for it and um and then you know then we can we don't have to use that brain power and drag us down um, on another day we can actually just just get the get the procedure done you know, and, and they contribute ourselves better to the business or to, yeah. That makes sense. Making things move, yeah. So definitely the system. I've established a really good team culture. So once you start getting a few team members, that's quite vital. In in the midst of a time where there's enormous labour shortages, I, I don't have problems finding people to work for us because one was, it's interesting, but number two, because we've got a really good reputation around town that this is a great place to work. So that's also been a, a great factor. Technology how, is a big one. Was, uh, how do you, how do you get that reputation? So you've mentioned uh, you know reputation around town. What have uh, you relied on to to grow that reputation? 
I think it's just um, and this is, and a lot of teaching skills have helped me in this business as well. And I'm a team sports player for thirty years as well. So I think it's just people, like getting to know people, having that time to have a chat, celebrating wins as as little as they are or as big as they are. We we really celebrate, and we have achieved a lot. So we've had a lot to celebrate. We don't let them pass because we're too busy. We we set a date, even if it's not right now. We set a date for a month in the head because we're going to celebrate reaching that amount of properties or you know, something like that. So um, every month we have a bit of a, I, I throw on lunch for the team and we, and we do some peer sort of um, affirmations where we're, we're, I've got everyone, sell a, uh, I call it a culture champions lunch, where we really keep the culture at the front of mind by recommending other people where you witness that they've lived up to the culture. So it's not me appraising uh, downwards or any, in any way. It's, I sit back and let everyone you know, boost each other up. So I don't know. And then, and then that just gets around, gets around town and I mean, people love working here. That's amazing in itself though, to even, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening who go, you know, wow, we could do that. We could set, you know, sort of time aside to celebrate these wins and actually celebrate the team. And it sounds as though you've built a, a culture there, which enjoy coming to work, but also understands the, the goal, the, 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 the aim that they're looking to achieve together, you know, and, and sort of all relying on each other, which is cool. So you, you mentioned about the team, talk me through who's in your team, uh, you know, what, and who was your first hire as well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite interesting, especially with the, the rapid growth. Um, and, and as you get further into the business, um, all charts and things like that. Um, when you're first starting off, you just need someone who, well, I wasn't great at accounting, so I need someone with, when we do trust accounting here, um, someone with a bit of accounting knowledge or experience or, or strengths in that. So that's another thing. Don't, don't hire someone exactly like you because you're going to have find the same problems. Hire someone who's smarter than you in a different area so that you can complement the business. Um, I found that person, the first, first interview, I, I was like, that's it. I know who it is. Proceeded with the other five interviews that I had lined up, but um, found, found a, a gorgeous lady who, was, who became the mother of the business and fostered it through the next year or two until uh, she left. But um, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Like, just get, get the right people, I think. Like, think about your values, what you want for the business. And, and again, do research around interview questions and try and expose those um, things throughout the questions without directly asking them and having them say, yep, yeah, I'll do that. You know, ask, ask um, scenario questions and things like that. And I don't know, I, I may have been lucky, but just, just felt the connection straight away and, 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 and that this person was going to look after my business. That was my first hire. Um, and then we've we've ended up to a point now where we have uh, four or five departments that so we have a, a and they and they are teams so a gaps team and that's guests and property success so they focus on that then we have an operations team and that's the warehouse that's cleaning our home host which we call them as well uh, that came from Julie George but also our maintenance team uh, then we have a business development team as well uh, yeah so. We're starting to develop teams, and as you get, when you get to that point, things become much clearer. Like you, you need to, you you can define your roles because if someone leaves in that position, they, someone else fills that position. But as you're growing, with you know maybe one to two to three people, your positions are going to have to change quite frequently. So um, again, if you've got a good positive culture and you let them know that change is going to happen, that will happen much more easier. I love that. Uh, I love the. 
not only that, the mindset growth there of not just managing, you know, yourself and, and, you know, the properties, but actually then start to manage teams of people and have defined teams. What was the, did you say the gap team? What did that stand for? Yeah, gaps, guess, and property success. Uh, again, every, all of our businesses, they, they all, yeah, we figured that that's a person. They All the guests, that's all the communication and the reservations, and they're on the property mm-hmm. management software that we use. But then also they are in tune with all of our properties. So we figured that because if the guests are asking about a property, they would have the knowledge on the property. So, and then the connection to all the platforms, and that's that just found its way to that side, yeah. And then the uh-huh. warehouse and operations found its way to another side as well. So, and then, then we've got a little bit, a bit of team sort of, um, you know, attitude and camaraderie there. So, and then when we bring everyone together, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. So yeah, we're, we're, you know, it's, and it's not, it's not easy. It's never been easy. People aren't easy all the time. So, you know, it's just an ongoing, ch- not, not challenge, but, you know, opportunity to, to develop people as well. And that's, that's our next step moving forward. That's about empowering people to become the market leaders, not not to, to us to to you know, talk down to empower our staff to then as we develop as well, though there's management positions that emerge and we want people to show initiative. So you know we're really sort of allowing that to happen, which is cool. It sounds really exciting, and to go from you know we we've talked about sort of where you started the uh, growth. And then now looking at the team members who, who are helping you doing that. And like you say, the, you have already, you've got that vision for the next step. So it's really inspiring, Tim. I, I really like that. One of the things you mentioned just then was that was one of the challenge. What would you say has been the biggest challenge that, that you've had to face during your time as a host? Cleaners and linen. <laughs> it's, it's always been the challenge. So, and it always will be a challenge. So it's like, when we talk a big challenge, obviously when COVID hit and lockdowns happened and that, that, you know, we got through that. That's okay. But yeah, labor shortages and finding cleaners, uh, we worked out that we weren't paying them enough. Again, we built our cleaning team in-house, which is really strong because then we can, then we have a, a, now we have a scalable cleaning business to go with our scalable property management business to start dropping around into different places. So that's our, our next sort of you know, opportunity. But yeah, and labor shortages in Australia also affect linen supply as well. So, but again, this is this is how it works. We our team culture. So at Christmas, I was on a beach somewhere. Linen didn't arrive. We had this is New Year's and people investing their time into into. You know, we focus on a lot. We want everyone to, um, you know, to their investments as far as their properties investments, but investments as as well as their their holiday investments, you know, they've been working hard and they're investing in their holiday. So we protect investments in that respect. But a couple of trucks of linen didn't arrive and, and all of our home hosts, they all took linen home and washed it and bought it back because it was that team culture and vibe. And they were happy to because they knew that a guest would be arriving to a home with no linen and that would be disastrous for the business and yeah, in a way um, for us as, as a team. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, just that all pulling together and having that that culture is is amazing, like you say, because you can't stop stuff from going wrong, but it's how you react when it does go wrong, you know, how how you solve that issue. So sounds yeah, amazing. And I found that, that was one point where, I'm doing, there's more, but where if we were outsourcing to a cleaning team, uh, we, we would have had a huge problem right there. So very, I felt very lucky, especially during COVID, because we can control um, we can control a lot with uh, an in-house. We can control quality, and, and that's probably what we'll move on to a bit later on, which is 
now we keep it so high, but um, that's again, it's part of our business and, and what we're controlling is that sort of things too. There seems to be um, often, you know, the great thing is I, I get to speak to a lot of hosts and, and the, the, the common themes are just making sure we're documenting, having that vision, being brave, and also uh, having great people around you. And that sounds like, you know, you've, you've got some really great people uh, within the business, which is fantastic. So you mentioned just then the, uh, the ratings and I won't steal your funder, but let the listeners know uh, the rating that you've currently got and also how at this scale you're, you're keeping that so high. Yeah. So I was big focus on, on, on quality. Um, it, it ensures your business moving forward. Uh, there's nothing more important than it. I, I won't, you know, when I'm looking at an Airbnb, I'm extremely picky and, and I'm a, I'm a guy who doesn't really care, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so the quality has got to be, um, really high. So we've always had a focus on supporting that and ensuring that it's there. The issue is though, when you start to add more and more properties and, and like me gets a little bit further away from teams and people working in the business, there, there, there are gaps that can appear, throw a bit of COVID and labor shortages and all of that stuff in there as well. Just a sprinkle um, of those, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, so we're 118 properties, and we are still Airbnb super hosts, which we we do um, strive to achieve as much as we're on the other platforms as well. I think that's a really good KPI to be chasing and, and staying above, because there are benefits from being that if people are looking on Airbnb, you know, that's that's a trust icon that people are searching for, and and obviously our Airbnb algorithms help you out. Uh, not a bad place to start for the whole business across the board, anyway. So. Yeah, we we did um, we did lose it in uh, in the last quarter, and we and once we did, it was a huge reconstruction of the cleaning business. And we we, we well, I was accountable for it um, as much as I can point the finger at cleaners and say, you know, there's your job and you're not doing it right. They weren't supported, they weren't trained, they weren't called out when they weren't doing a good job. They they you know, there was a lot of business structure missing around them. Um, so, so yeah, so we went back right down to ground level at cleaning business, sat there a few days, and went right through everything and built it again from the ground up with the, with the fresh impacts that were happening, like the, the pay rate was increasing elsewhere and we weren't, so we didn't have cleaner availability or, or, and then that was putting pressure on other cleaners that were loyal to us. So, you know, made a few decisions to, to, to be the place for cleaners, where cleaners want to clean pretty much. So we have really good systems. We, we, there was a little bit of um, an opportunity was more positive feedback uh, on really good cleans. So the GAPS team sends that through to the warehouse team and, and yeah, that gets displayed up on the board and the property, the cleaner, the review, it's all, it's all showing up. So really in, encouraging that positive feedback down there. Um, and then probably, you know, I've had a lot of achievements, but one of the, one of the most satisfying for me was when we got that super high status back. That was, that was a, that was a, almost a six month um, workload and full team contributing to, uh, to a success there, which, um, which is now the standard for us moving forward again. So glad to have got it back, but, um, but yeah, we, we've, we've got it back with a much better cleaning business as well. So, um. Yeah, setting some good goals for the team moving forward. We're monitoring those now. So even if we get a little bit close, we'll be we'll be um on to onto some people in the team to fix it up. We introduce uh, more spot checks as a KPL. We've got to do we have to do um, at least forty, and and they are targeted as well. So um and and random at the same time. So everyone's contributing to keeping that cleaning score high. 
because at the end of the day, that yeah, that's that's what guarantees the future business for me. I love the uh, the fact that you've overcome that challenge. And, and for people listening, it's it's over four point eight, isn't it? One hundred and eighteen properties, which is amazing for for that. Is that is that right? Yeah, I went to the scale up conference in Barcelona, and, and there was a stat that came out that above one hundred properties, the standard drops down to four point five or four point three, and that's just the average. Mm-hmm. Um, that a property manager, because it is a challenge at scale, it's a massive challenge once you add more people and, and get further away from properties. And there are properties now that I still haven't been into, um, but I don't need to because I've got my team trained up to, to do what I used to do. But they, yeah, that therefore like, like the challenge. Um, and um, yeah, to, to it's yeah, we pride ourselves on, on our quality that we do. And, and clients, we actually had a client come on because they stayed with us as a guest had a plumbing issue on a Friday afternoon our team sorted it within 10 minutes and then our warehouse team turned up with fresh towels because they had to soak up some wet ones so uh, within 15 minutes and she said oh I'm up here to buy a property I'm coming with you guys so you know, if you keep that quality it's just the reputation around town word of mouth there's cafes all around people just like to talk especially about money so it's yeah it's 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 a level of service that sort of guarantees future business just just hearing the journey there is, is is amazing and it's kind of i want to go in two different directions with, with two different questions but we'll stick with the the guest side of things the experience which just sounds amazing and like you say that is helping the reputation which is helping more people come to you which again in in turn with your systems is then helping to deliver on that promise to them and then again attracting more people which is amazing so Let's talk more about the guest experience. I know that as you've grown, and this is mentioned within the within the book or within the chapter in the book, that you've added on experiences for guests and, and things like that. You've you've become a place where you can uh, offer a little bit extra. Is that right? Yes, definitely. Um, and and I'm, this you can only do so much. We're still not doing it to the point that I know we that we will end up doing it too. Um, but yeah, you. Yeah, get more guests. They ask more things. Naturally, a business like this, you build up a list of recommendations. And that's the starting point of, you know, that's the starting point of building a brand that links to businesses who also recommend you. Or, or we'll get to a point soon where we can charge a marketing space you know, to be on our, our guest app that they can then get. And again, that's all in my head. I haven't got there yet. Um, there's other things we're focusing on first, but um, that's. The guest experience is extremely important because they're the ones who leave the reviews. As long as you're you're supporting the guests, and and that's very much the attitude. Uh, it's, it's in our core values of how can I help. The attitude of any guest that um, isn't entirely happy. The communication is there as well. But if a guest has a good experience staying in a professionally managed property, uh, and yeah, they're going to leave a five-star review or if they're, you know, if they're misinformed, they might leave a four-star review. If they have a bad experience, then some people that you just can't please, we all know that in hospitality. But, you know, that, that knowing that it happens, to, you know, we still try our best to, to, to please them where we can. Uh, that's hospitality. Uh, but, yeah, ensuring, a, uh, I suppose, adding those guest experiences uh, just further enhances the guest the guest yeah the guest enjoyment of the property or the enjoyment of their stay and they're more likely to leave a good review not that we do that we're in a small town we want we want to we've, we're in such a position of power where we have 800 people in our houses in our town with direct message access uh, to go and support our local business who have done it tough through drought and through covid 
Um, we have that power to, to send them out. We also have their emails and we can bring them back as well. So we're really finding ourselves in the, an exciting position for the town that we can start to play influence on, on encouraging visitor spend. Before they even arrive, we're upselling bottles of wine and early check-ins and late check-outs. So they're spending before they even come into the region. And then, again, in the head, next plan is to get a cheese platter upon arrival. You go and book a photographer. So we're going to start linking with local businesses and services. Again, again, it, it'll come back around. Like, it, it, not, that, not that that's the intention. The intention is to support the town. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that sounds. I can I can see the vision as you're setting it out there of of you know that really will help the local area, but also like you say, you're also adding additional income, additional spend from the guests. But actually, the the key thing isn't the additional spend. You're actually giving them a better experience, a greater service, and that's we're making their job. Yeah, making their time easier. We're a weekend town, so you leave Sydney after work at four pm. You get here at 8 p.m. It's dark already. You don't really want to because you finish your week of work. You don't really want to research what you're going to do tomorrow or whatever. We want to have them do that two weeks before they arrive yeah. and know where they're going and book their things. And then, all, again, enhance the guest experience, receive great reviews. I'm, I'm certainly inspired by that. And I know some of the listeners will be as well because that sparks a lot of ideas on how you can uh, make that experience better. But, you know, and like I say, link with local businesses where it's a mutually beneficial uh, relationship then as well, which is cool. So what tech have you used that has helped you? Is there one particular piece of tech or a system that's really helped you in your business growth? We actually use a lot. And part of our um, mission statement is, and I think in this business or any business in today's, today's environment is to, you know, using or leveraging off technology and data to obviously, or ours is to be market leaders in the region. So of the attitude, like this is something I learned in business as well, how to view things as an investment. So yes, that is going to cost that much money, but how much stress is it going to save from that person who's manually scheduling every clean or manually doing this? Um, and the amount of, time, amount of time saved as well as stress uh, I, I pushed one staff member out accidentally because that happened, and then therefore you know, have learned and can see the, in, the investment in good technology will allow us to grow faster, but it also allow us to provide a better experience, allow our workplace to be more enjoyable. We use Guesty as our property management service. We're, we're very happy with them. We have a great relationship with them. Price Labs is fantastic. Uh, if you're not on, if you're got more than two if you've got one property and you're not using some sort of dynamic pricing uh, i'd recommend get on it or research it straight away there it is there's a lot to learn when you're smaller it's a lot to learn um, and i'm still I'll, just before this interview i was i was revisiting our prices because uh, i just want to make sure and there's a lot of data in that that comes with it so you get to a point i think up up until about 40 properties we were manually um scheduling cleans and then we use well, we, we went with Guestview because it integrates with a lot of other softwares that can then make other departments' uh, jobs easier. So um, we use Breezeway, and it, it's it's a really user – they're all, all of our softwares. They're all user-friendly. That's what we look for. We obviously look at the cost, but we more so look at the cost saves in time and stress and energy, uh, and which allows our humans to do the thinking and the customer service rather than being bogged down in manual processes. So, yeah, there's a main, main text. We use some project, project management um, technology as well, uh, which is a huge time saver. I'm talking days and days a week. It's per person. 
Yeah, so that's amazing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. You've got to embrace it. You've, you've got to pay for it, but really look at it in, in the time saved, and which and what will it allow you to do because you can save that time. Yeah. Sounds like an amazing tech stack. And I love what you said there about you view it like an investment, not just, uh, you know, obviously the money and the, the, that, but the time it'll save for your people and how they're just freed up to then do what their main role is, which is, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the customer service and, and to, to think, uh, you know, ahead that the technology, the, the, the manual tasks are then covered, aren't they? So that sounds, uh, sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, to think like we we don't want people drained down in processes. That's not what we're about. You know, we want again we're empowering our staff to think to be the market leaders themselves. So we want them thinking like that. Okay, how can I do this? What about this? You know, to come to me with questions and ideas. That that's that's the kind of environment we want. We want it to be quite dynamic and fun and engaging as well. That's cool. So we've covered obviously where you started, your scale, uh, your tech, your team. One thing that we must talk about, if not weird, uh, Julie George will tell us off, especially if we don't, but is to just talk about hospitable hosts. And uh, if you haven't, for people listening, uh, for people on the live, they can see we're holding up the book. Tim's got a copy as well. And uh, this book is an amazing book, which was a idea born from Jody Sterling and to bring hosts together from all across the world to have their stories within there. If you haven't already, go and check out Hospitable Hosts. You can get a copy on Amazon. It is a bestseller. And uh, there's chapters, uh, including Tim's, including mine, uh, including people like Julie George, Mark Simpsons. There's loads of great, great hosts, yeah, from across the world. And there's some really cool tips in there. And uh, it just says a bit more about your story and and that side of things. So definitely one of the questions I'd have is what got you involved in the book? What what tempted you to to get involved in the project? Yeah, I am. I'm very close with Julie George. I invited her down to our hundred property party just as a, nice. as a big thank you, and um, it will become quite close. Like she was also there in Barcelona when I was there too. So we've crossed paths a few times, and she she said, "Tim, you've got an amazing story to share. Like, get on this book." And I, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay. I haven't written a <laughs> book before." But then once I learned more, and, and who it's it's an amazing it's an amazing book because. Obviously, the book's called Hospitable Host, and that was the only direction we were given. <laughs> like everyone, uh, they're all of different levels. That like that, like Mark is doing his thing with marketing and websites. I, I actually met him through this, and we've got a website being made now, which I'm really excited about. Julie's she's sold her business, and and she's doing a look cons, um, consulting and things like that as well. Um, and then everyone is in their own environments around the world. So everyone's had to adapt to different things. So, you know, if, if you're, oh, it doesn't matter how small or, or large you are, um, there's some really good stories. And, and obviously the core being around hosting guests, which again, uh, it's all about raising the bar with um, the short term, uh, the rental industry and, and, you know, helping each other move forward together as a, as a broader industry to, to, to keep the quality really high and uh, to ensure that ensures longevity. Hospitality, it's such an exciting space, isn't it? It's a, it's a growing space. It's an exciting space. And, uh, you know, having stories and what we can learn from each other all around the world with these new pieces of technology and new ways to, to market and new experiences that people can have. So, uh, Tim, thank you so much uh, for that. I really feel we've got to know your business. As we draw these to a close, we'd like to ask a couple of quick fire questions. And uh, yeah. 
I know that recently you traveled uh, a bit. I got to see, I'm friends with you obviously on Facebook and we get to see from the Hospitable Hosts group. Uh, where was your favorite place that you traveled to? Yeah, I, uh, so my wife's French, so we went and spent some time, which is another big achievement. I got to take some time off the business and had someone else run it for me. So that was, that was huge. But, um, oh, geez, so much. Well, Bordeaux, Albi, which is her home town. We spent a few weeks there. Carcassonne, then we went to Barcelona, which was, um, a bit more tourism for me because I'd never been there, but that, that was an amazing place as well. So any, anywhere in Europe's good for me. Yeah, <laughs> Love it. If um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, what's that? Oh, let's say walk through walls. Fair enough. It already sounds like uh, you walk on water with the amazing things that you've done. Walk through walls. What was I thinking? I think I was going to say see through walls. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't think I want to do that. Actually. Let's just walk through walls, but. <laughs> Love it. And um, lastly, who inspires you or is there any sort of mantra or quotes that, that you like to live by? Um, I don't know if this is good or not, but I'm, everything I do, like we, we put on a concert and that too, and, and, and it's like nothing happens if nothing happens. <laughs> you can just drift through life and then, you know, nothing happens. But, you know, when you go the effort of doing something, geez, you feel great, although it might have been a lot of hard work. Uh, and and to see other people smiling from an effort that you've done, um, like I said, well, the business is one example of that. But then we, we, we're putting on local sort of events around town, and and that's my passion. I only put them on because I'd like to attend them. But um, you know, a, a lot of people and smiling. So nothing happens if nothing happens. Get up and do it. Get out there. <laughs> so, I love that. I feel inspired. That reminds me of um, Steve Jobs' quote of. You know, it's not clear looking forward the steps you take, but looking back, you can see how it's all connected. And uh, you know, sort of yeah. like you say, once you've once you've taken action and 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 done something, then uh, you know, it fills you with with, with pride. And uh, you know, sort of quite humbly being able to make people happy is is a gift. You know, that's that's really cool, Tim. So yeah. his is a bit more polished than mine. This is a <laughs> version. <laughs> Hey, I, like, I, I like it i like it so thank you so much i know that everybody listening will have got some great value and some real gems from this if people listening uh want to get in touch what's the best way for them to do so yeah well our website is bnbmedisa.com.au australian but um or facebook facebook's the best like, not not the best but the best way to to see what we're doing uh, facebook or instagram Jump on the BNB made easy and follow that. That's I'd be very happy to connect with any I wanted to as well. That's easy. That's cool. And just for people listening as well, we've got your link tree here, uh, which is www.linktr.ee forward slash Tim Mortimer. So that's T-I-M-M-O-R-T-I-M-E-R. So for anybody listening, go and check out uh, Tim on Facebook, Linktree. And uh, what is your website URL? Just so when that is live, people will be able to, to go and check oh, out. Oh, you know, it is live now. We're okay. further developing it. And then for anyone else as well, it's all about the trust icons. People need trust when booking a home. People need trust if you're going to look after their home. So we haven't got there yet. We're really uh, spending a lot of time to making sure that's right before we put it live. But um, yeah, bnbmadeeasy.com.au. Love it. Love it. Tim, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fab. Did you have any last sort of uh, comments at all? No, I want to have a beer. <laughs> Love it. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers.